It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're saying white shirts and Michael McDonald are gateway drugs to white club. <laughs> TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. The set and the pitch. Swung on, blasted, high, deep to right, and gone! Boy, is that big. Tyler Naquin with his 10th home run. A solo blast to right. And the Indians have a 7-5 lead here in the ninth. Big cut and miss. Two and two challenge them with a fastball. Looks like it might have hurt them a little bit that hand. Mincing with a swing and a miss. 96. He got beat by it just a little bit. And he swung and missed, and, and that's the one that really gets you. And he's got to come out of the game. That's getting a little tighter. Getting a little tighter at Target Field. Down to, uh, down to one game. Three games left this weekend against the Indians. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And uh, I, I, I've i tried to give Trevor May a chance. I've tried to give Kyle Gibson a chance this season. But, gentlemen, I, f- I fear that they've seen too much. I fear that over the years they've just been too. They've been exposed. They've seen too much, or you've seen too much. Well, of I've, them. I've definitely. I seen I think this too is much. a two-way street. I've definitely seen too much, <laughs> but I feel like they've they've just been exposed to too much bad Twins baseball, and it's just irreparable at this point. They it's just like them. they're spoiled. They they get you look around. There's forty thousand people. The lights are bright. The lead is down to one. You're facing a great Indians team, red hot. It's exciting baseball. Nelson Cruz, before the injury, was rising up to the moment. Guys who've been there before, rising up, right? Yeah. Kyle Gibson and yeah. Trevor May, getting swallowed up. Getting swallowed up. Gibby last night was, that was awful. It you was know, embarrassing. Well, it is, because the stadium is, if not full, I would deem it to be packed. You're up by two games. And give me, just, I think the word is fair. Give me a competent start. Like, I'm not asking for That's fair. no hit stuff. Right. I'm not asking for a shutout. And by the way, the first three guys in the first, you threw eight pitches to get them. Okay, that's a hell of a start. Puig comes up to start the second and triples. Okay, that happens. The run can even score. That happens. But you know where he lost me, boys, completely last night? Here's where. The Puig triple. That's fine. In fact, I would argue that if Buxton had been in center and Kepler and right... Kepler might have caught that ball. Gonzalez is not as experienced in right, and he didn't catch it, and that's going to happen. But where Gibby lost me and where I knew this was nitpicky Gibby, where we were right back to where we started, Jose Ramirez walks, the first of a career-high six walks. Yes. And he acted like it was Ricky Henderson and Vince Coleman on first base. Yes. That's where he lost me. Yes. I said, this is, what are you doing? And then, and then... What was he doing? Eventually, eventually, he made a bad throw to first base, and Puig trots home. He lost me. Did anybody ask him why you're concerned, so concerned with Jose Ramirez you know, at first base? I should have. I did not, but I should have. That that would have been a very legit question, and I did. I do not know why, and I did not ask that question. Like what scouting report says Jose Ramirez is going to take off on you? I almost feel like some. So when I watch Kyle Gibson pitch, and I like Judd and I had a meltdown two or three years ago, where like this dude, it was all. This is probably true. Two summers ago, three summers ago, it was 2017. It was 2017. And he was pitching against the Boston Red Sox. And he was just, it was one of those innings where like ground ball up the middle, 
infield single, bunt single, one of those deals, and his body language on the mound was just, oh, my God. Oh, I mean, oh, what else do I have to do? And it's like, I don't know, miss a bat? Miss a bat. And that was his problem. His whole career up until this new front office gets a hold of him, and all of a sudden his strikeout rate goes up and he starts missing some bats, right? But the old Gibby is still in there, like Judd just said. He can't, like, he, here's my biggest problem with last night's start for him, okay? If you're going to give up six runs in four and a third, and you're going to stand out there for like two and a half hours, and you're going you're gonna to make your fielders have to shuffle dirt underneath their feet, and you're going to throw over the first 100 times, if you're going to give up six runs in two and a half hours, at least do it throwing the ball over the plate and making those guys hit ringing doubles off the wall to knock you out, which they did also. But, like, if you're going to give up six, don't have it be with six walks. Have some pride. Throw the ball literally right down the middle of the plate if you have to. That That's kind of where I was at. That might be a little irrational, but that's where I was at last night watching that start from the uh, the Goose Island pub, living the knockoff White Claw life last night, by the way. Oh, you found one? They don't have White What's Claw inside Target Field, but they got some, some other thing. What's it called? Some, I have some no idea what thing. it's called. But they're giant cans of what like knockoff. Say? They're not as good as White. They're, I would say on a scale of one to ten claws, it's like a six. It's like a six claw. Okay. No, no yeah. but I'm saying, is, is there a name to this product that you can't recall now? Or yeah, is there's, it? A, there's a name to it, but I don't remember what it was. I just know I needed to have three extra ones so after watching Kyle Gibson. you live the knockoff claw life? I wouldn't say I lived the knockoff claw. I lived last night the knockoff okay, claw life. Okay, all right. Yeah. Since you guys brought it up, 34 minutes left in the polling, asking whether or not people are about that claw life. And uh, 32% say, yeah, all about that life. Thirty-three percent say no. I'm sticking to the beer. Yeah, and thirty-five uh, percent making a push today. Turn in your man card. It was almost an even three-way split this, this is morning. Still incredible. <laughs> still really tight. Nine hundred and one votes yeah. with uh, thirty-four minutes left. Are you about that claw life? Yeah. Some people coming around. Some people coming around to that life. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. The claws have no flaws, Judd. The claws oh, have no flaws. <clears throat> that's not true. Yeah. Necessarily. <laughs> but but like, you know what? That's fine. But like, you last- see the claw as being being perfect. The twins thought their starting rotation was fine on July thirty well, first. Yeah, this is the. I mean, this is the thin line you're walking. In that, when you and I get that, there's this whole conversation about well, all the top starters. Look at all the number one and number two starters out there. If they didn't get traded, then they must not have been really available. Well, let's go all the way back because off season you decided this was going to be your rotation, and you decided to get but tricky with Martin Perez. Complaining about that for the first half of the year. Yeah, because Martin Perez had a two and a half ERA. Right. But everyone except for you looked at Martin Perez and said, This guy is not gonna pitch like this the whole time. Well, season. I didn't think he'd pitch like that. Okay. I didn't think he'd pitch like this either. I, there's gotta be a happy medium, but maybe not, apparently. We yeah, might not the see Saints. him again. Yeah. I think like I think to go back to like the beginning of the off season when the winter meetings were happening and then when 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 some players came off the board before spring training, I think at least Judd and I were kind of in lockstep on, hey, it's cool. Like, if you don't want to address the starting rotation, you know, build your bullpen, whatever, you know, do your thing. But if you're in a position to add at the trade deadline, you got to add. Otherwise, it's just sort of. And, and I, I just feel like watching that game last night and you're running Trevor May out there again and you're running Kyle Gibson out and Martin Perez is going to get moved to the bullpen here and Devin Smeltzer is here to save the day tonight. Which is not fair to him. It just feels like you're not doing. A service to one of the great offenses in franchise history when you run Kyle Gibson out there in a big series and he melts down but the, and he can't handle the pressure. The frustrating thing though is that the Brio start did surprise me, okay? I was, I expected more bad start. Totally get that. It happens. But the last two days and nights have not surprised me one bit. When Martin Perez gets, gets shelled by the Braves, I can't sit here and say, geez, he was pitching so well in May. And when Gibby goes back to being Gibby last night, I'm not surprised. And so we come back to, to the question that was, I think, brought up on the show at the deadline and right before. If not, then when? That's the question. Like, if you're not going to, and I don't want to hear, well, these teams didn't do, do things. This is your opportunity, or it was, your opportunity to say, you know what? The Yankees and Red Sox are doing nothing, and I don't give a damn. Because we have an opportunity here. We have an offense that is performing at a rate at which it's not going to perform probably again for years. We need to pounce. And they didn't do it. And to me, it's a missed opportunity. It's too bad. And it's negligent in this market 
because you don't know what's going to happen next. I'm not comparing them to anybody. And I'm not making excuses for the Twins franchise. And I was one of the first people to say, even when things were very good for this team, they need to make some trades. And I was one of the first people to say, I would trade Lewis or Kirloff for the right guy. Okay, so I'm going to put all that out there before I say what I'm about to say. Not comparing them to any other teams, but looking at the market, it was it was a very slow market. You want to be upset with them that they didn't get Stroman because we know what the price that was paid for Stroman, and you could have probably outbid the Mets in what they gave to get that guy. Trevor Bauer was probably not coming here because the Indians weren't waving the white flag on this division anytime soon. Other than that, no other pitchers were traded. That tells me that there was a really high price for pitchers on this year's market, and while I was willing to pay a higher price than some, even I was going to draw the line somewhere. If the discussion with the Mets stopped with Syndergaard, then the then the then the conversation stops. If or excuse me, if if the conversation stops with Buxton for Syndergaard, then it stops for me. I don't, I'm not paying that price. If they want Lewis and Kirilov, the conversation stops for me. I'm not paying that price before I kill the Twins. I would like to know what what was being asked for these pitchers that they didn't get. You want to be upset about Stroman? Okay, fine. Because we know what the price that was paid for Stroman. And you could have done better. Other than that, it's all unknown. We're all jumping down their throats for something we don't really know. You know, I think I can and I can I can hear you on that point cuz cuz ultimately we don't know what the line in the sand was with the Twins and we don't know what the line in the sand was with the Mets or other teams or the Giants with Madison Bumgarner. You know, if if we knew that the line on the sand for the Twins was, hey, we're just not going to trade Alex Kirloff. If if the if the Mets went to the Twins and said, hey, we'll 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 trade Syndergaard, you got to give us Royce Lewis. And the Twins said, we will not trade Royce Lewis for Noah Syndergaard. Then at that least I, we can have a debate. I that I wouldn't defend. Yeah. Then at least we can have a debate about it. Um, and it's and and I actually think I'm more frustrated today. And by the way, they still lead the division. They're still on pace for like 95 to 100 wins, and. They're still in really good shape, and it's one of the best Twins teams we've seen since the 1991 World Series. So, and they can very well still win two out of the next three games, and they're fine. So, I'm I don't mean to like bring all the panic to the first segment here today, but I think what frustrates me the most is actually the the players in question here. Kyle Gibson has been a professional pitcher. How old is he now? Kyle Gibson is 31 years. He's gonna be 32 years old in October. Yeah. So, and he pitched in big time college baseball games as well and a college world series, if I'm not mistaken. So this dude's been pitching for like 14 years in big college and pro baseball games. And by big, I mean like he's been in the big leagues. Not all the games he's pitched with the twins have been big in terms of like October, but he's been a professional pitcher for over a decade. And if you didn't know any better, you'd think he was a rookie on the mound last night. The way that he's thrown to first unnecessarily for Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And he's taking a half hour between pitches. He's huffing and puffing. He's walking six guys. Be a pro, man. Like you are, you are the leader of this staff in a lot of ways. I know that Jose Barrios is the actual leader in terms of how good he is. But when you look up and down the staff, you're the oldest guy. You've been in the organization the longest. This is one of the biggest games of the year. And just like, it's okay to give up a bunch of runs. It happens. Jose Barrios got shelled for nine the other night. But I think it's the way in which he goes about giving up the runs that's always driven me but crazy, man. Like, quit nibbling. Beyond Barrios, what should frustrate everybody is this. The Yankees series in all of July painted the picture perfectly for you. If this starting staff, if they had gotten through the 31st of July and then the starting staff imploded, it'd be too bad. And you'd be frustrated by it. But you would also say, wow, before that, they were all pitching great. But the Yankees series... And the key series in July gave you all that you... So Gibby's struggles aren't surprising. Odo's struggles aren't surprising. Martin Perez, at the very, very least, you needed to go out and seriously say, how do we upgrade the Perez uh, spot in the rotation? Because he's not working now. Like, you fixed him for a while. But the key the key to me is is if you've got the magic formula to unlock the thing of... of Fixing a guy is also saying, how long is he fixed yeah. for, though, right? So if you fix, so you could have said by by the 31st of July, we can't get an ace. But you know what? We're going to have yeah. to replace this guy. And you didn't do it. I think, the, uh, to add to your point, 
imagine what if if they can take Martin Perez off the scrap heap and turn him into that for two months. That dude was one of the best starting pitchers in the league for two months, and it wasn't smoke and mirrors. He added he he, he they they said, listen, your cutter is an unbelievably good pitch. Throw it more. And so he throws the cutter on a regular basis. He gets a bunch of swings and misses. Guys look like idiots swinging the bat. And and, and let's pause it right there after two months. If you can take a guy who was a six ERA cast-off pitcher from Texas and turn him into that for two months, yep. imagine what you could do with actual top guys like Madison Bumgarner, Noah Syndergaard, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I keep beating this dead horse. Don't fall in love with your own claymaking here. Because ultimately... Martin Perez, second time around, scouts get a look at him. It turned out to be pretty easy to take. Like, so they they took they took a car that was a beater and made it look for two months like, oh, this is a, this is awesome, it's great. But really, like it was the same engine. Right. They just kind of tricked it up a little bit. Right. And but, the league caught up to that. it. Oh, he throws a cutter now. Okay, we just won't swing at that pitch. But know that that's your job too. Yeah. Your job is is to say we think that we can fix said pitcher for six weeks. And that's probably it. Yeah. And guess what? Congratulations. Good job. But you have to go out then and replace that guy. And and if that's not Bumgarner or Syndergaard, okay, but you got to replace him. You didn't come close. They've in in my opinion right now, they have come woefully short of doing what they should have done given the fact that this offense has been so damn good. I would have liked to have seen him go out and get somebody. I was willing to pay a high price to go out and get somebody. But like I said, I had my limits, too. I was drawing the line somewhere. And we don't know what the offers were. We don't. We know what Strowman went for. We know what Bauer went for. But I think that's sort of irrelevant. They weren't trading him to Minnesota. If they, if if what your, if your theory, if your hypothesis is true, that they weren't willing to invest some of the future potential to win now, I agree with you that they they let they let Twins fans and they let that team down and they squandered an opportunity if that's what they did. But we don't know necessarily that that's what they did. We do have some, I guess, good Twins news from Dan Hayes at is, the Athletic. Is, is this? I don't twi- think it's good. I, I don't know news. if it's good. Read it. I don't think it's it scares me. Are we doing a breaking news sounder? No, I think is I, it I, I, I actually think we skip right to this. Oh. Okay, you you read it the way you saw it. Because I read it, I read it the way it looks like Judd's reading it. Very Judd-like, Mackie. Nelson Cruz <laughs> says he has no pain. He was laughing. We'll see a specialist on Monday. Said he has some kind of tear, but was able to grab the bat today. Hashtag okay, I don't. I, I read the he has some kind of a tear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So did I. There's four sentences. Three of them are good. <laughs> okay, but okay, two are but two are really bad. Okay, right, let's rank the sentences. Two are really no bad. pain. Good. Okay, that's good. Laughing means nothing to me. We'll see a specialist. Yeah, you know who? You know who, Yeah, you know who else was laughing? Chris Eggert down the hallway after they amputated half of his leg on Channel Five. Okay, <laughs> Jesus, did they really? Yeah, they did. Oh my God, is he okay? I don't know. He, this story. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Right. Just yeah, saying, a, like, he kept a sense of humor throughout it all. That's it what said I'm he had some kind of tear, but was able to grab a bat today. Okay, let me give you the worst. The worst part, not the tear. It's the specialist, because oh, it means they did the exams, and they don't know how to read them exactly, and so now he has to go to a specialist to read them. This is not good. <laughs> I will say this. Power-hating DEH, whose hands are vital yeah. to his existence? Yeah. He has no pain because it's all numb. Exactly. Yeah. Um, can't feel anything. If Nelson Cruz is out for an extended period of time, and they're already without Byron Buxton for an extended period of time... Might have to get these brakes fixed, guys. Whoa! Might have to get these brakes fixed. We've opened wow. the Wow. I mean, come that's wow. how do you can't overcome two. Wow, look at this. You oh, can't. He's off you the can't. No, I'm not. I said Who's if driving? I said wow. if. I said if. Okay, I said if. He's bailing. I said if. All right, everybody calm down. Rami's wimping out here. Everybody Rami, calm down. This is the day I that s- Rami Makloff became a Minnesota <laughs> sports guy. Amen. Welcome right in, buddy. Welcome in. I said if. Water's fine. This isn't even that day. I Water's said if. Warm. Jump on in, buddy. I said if. Start trunks. If. All right. I think you you need a claw right now, Rob. I might need a claw. I right think now. you might need a claw. I might. That claw life, man. You said no claw at Target Field. I was thinking about going to the game tonight, but I need me a claw. Hmm. You might be able to smuggle a claw in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Actually, I bet that's against their target field code of conduct. <laughs> Probably. Which, I've got to hear yeah. about this. Which, by the way, uh-huh. I've, we've only heard, like, people have been sending little snippets of yes. these little rumors that there's, there's security guards on the lookout. Not for, like, violence, but you can't say that word. That's against the target field code of conduct. My group of friends that went last night fell victim to the target field code of conduct. Wow. Let's talk about this. Wow. Yeah. What kind of hooligans are you hanging out with, well, Mackie? We'll, we'll talk about it when we come back here. <laughs> after, we ta- after we talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company, here to help business owners, and helping business owners since way, way back in the early 1900s. It's a Minnesota-based company, Owatonna. In fact, it's, they, they should just rename Owatonna to Federated. If you go to, if you go to Owatonna, it feels like uh, Federated is just the heartbeat of Owatonna, and um, you get that experience over a century of experience in making businesses as, as successful as they can be federated is here to ride the roller coaster with you and guide you with that never ending sea of ups and downs exhilaration problem solving you name it all the things that go into running a business you want that face to face relationship you want more than just the bare minimum federated gives you just that go to federatedinsurance.com to find your federated marketing representative and to find out about the industries that Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Join me and Dan Terhart tomorrow night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and FC Dallas pregame at 6.30 with a kick at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North mobile app. Return of Vikings vent line today as soon as Vikings and Saints go final. Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill here to take your calls on the Vikings vent line. And Judd said today that uh, if it's a momentous evening at Target Field, feel free to call in with your uh, Twins calls as well. Heck yeah, we can mix it up. But if you're calling from Target Field, I understand, Phil Mackey. You better be, uh, you better be <laughs> dude, using... Dude. The proper language. I so want to hear the story. When you're calling in. Yeah, man. So to score north. We started seeing these, and I think maybe City Pages wrote something about this, Target Field Code of Conduct. Like little flyers that ago. were passed yes. around to people, right? Yes. Which and, and I didn't hear about this or see this, Phil, I don't think, until Monday or Tuesday during the Brave series. Yeah, this is very, very new to me, and I, I don't know. I've spent, we both spent a lot of time around Target Field. Well, it became more than just a rumor. Okay. It became real for me last <laughs> night. Had a group of eight friends okay. having a good time up by the, the Goose Island Pub, which I think, by the way, is the most underrated spot in Target Field. It's not a commonly, uh, it's, it's like if you're ranking the bar areas that people gravitate toward, yep. people don't really find it until like the fifth or sixth inning because it's just not that easy to get to. It's not on the main level. It's up on like the third base side, right? Like yep. second level? Okay. Yep. It's like left field, kind of foul territory. It's very nice, yeah. It's awesome. So we're, we got one of those little uh, railing spots. We're hanging out. I don't remember the exact context, but I remember one of my friends were just like having a conversation, and one of my friends said like, "Holy bleep!" something, something in regards to the game. Or How just, loud? I mean, like, gauge this for me. Louder than normal conversation. Okay, but not like belligerent, but like jumping loud for around. sports. Like at sports, you're going to talk. You're at a stadium. There's forty thousand the people. That's my point. And there's music playing and stuff. Yeah. And and what it was is a security guard was literally walking by him as he said it, so it wasn't that he was yelling and being he didn't belligerent. bellow it out across the section. Right, right, right. He was just, it was sort of in conversation. His voice was elevated a little bit, and the, and the security guard happens to be walking by at the exact moment he says it. And I think it was the uh, the S word. So wasn't even it wasn't even like the worst possible word that you could utter although we could argue that we could all just maybe agree that those words aren't offensive anymore and that's a George Carlin thing but <laughs> I digress Jonathan and I talked about that yesterday just, let's just stop being absurd being offended by that yeah. particular word other words I'm fine with but so security guard hears it security guard hears it okay and says uh sir you can't say that word and my friend goes what <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he goes, it's against the target field code of conduct. Really? And walks away. And was he handed this, the sheet of paper with, with that code of conduct? I don't think so. Because I saw that tweeted out this week. But then we witnessed something else. All right. So there's two security guards standing kind of to the right of us. So we're on the railing, and there's two security guards kind of around the corner overlooking the section, like the last section down the third baseline. Okay. With walkie-talkies. They got those little walkie-talkies kind of clipped to their shirts. Oh, yeah. 
And one guy is talking into his walkie-talkie saying, no, 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 it's the, it's the guy in the red hat. The guy in the red hat is the one that said the F word. They were like trying to figure out which guy swore in the section so they could go warn him on behalf of the target field code of conduct. I am not kidding. That's absurd. It's a packed house. What? The twins are the twins are mounting a comeback. It's I think this was even in the the ninth inning. The bases are loaded. Eddie Rosario is coming up to the plate, and security guards aren't like ready for physical violence or a riot or storming the field or whatever else you may think. Right? It's worse. Or making sure that people aren't like belligerently fighting. It's, was there? You aren't supposed to say a swear word. Is what they're and they're trying to about to hunt down the perpetrator. Yes. Of the F word. Yes. So that they can suss him out and then go tell him that he can't yeah. use that word. And so I don't know, like, is this is this a new thing at Target Field? Was there some kind of outcry that there was excessive bad language being used out at Target Field and it was no longer a family friendly environment? I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, like at football games, okay, at US Bank Stadium, NFL football games, yeah. it's definitely a problem. There's a lot of Drunkards. Well, the Metrodome was a cesspool of it. It was. For Vikings games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was awful. I mean, you go to pretty much any NFL game, and it's there's a lot of people who have sort of waited the whole week to cut it loose, right? Can sure. get up, do some day drinking, but and tailgating. Lo- yes. Yeah. But they're trying to fight. Target Field is very much more a casual environment where people are just kind of there to have a good time, not there to be I'd love to know more belligerent. about this. I have no clue. So I guess two-part question here. Uh, well, let's just throw this question out. Have you fell victim... To the target field code of conduct. Is this a real thing? Because it definitely became real to me last night. <laughs> is damn okay? Like if I go and I go, damn. I don't know. Are they going to talk to me? I don't know. Is there a list of words you can't say? We need say a list of words. Fields? You know what? I'm going to find. Go find that article. Don Mitchell of Channel 9 tweeted this out this week. I'm going to find the actual code of conduct. Yeah. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here on the all-new Score North. Randy in Cottage Grove. Hey, Randy. Well, first of all, I'm going to take issue with something you guys said about uh, the Vikings games. You said people go to Target Field just to have a good time. I, that's exactly why I go to Vikes games. I have a kick-ass time. Okay, but like, how kick-ass of a time do you I, have, that word, Randy? That word is a little offensive right there. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can say that at Target is, Field. I have a really, I have a, I, we go for it all day. Okay. In some cases, we start the night before, and we don't even stop. But I'll say this right now. I was at a game, and I don't even like going to, to Target Field. The baseball is boring. But I went to a game earlier this week because my, uh, my buddy Daryl got tickets to work. Okay, And we went uh, through his work seats. They were good seats, but I didn't stay there. We, we, we hit a lot of different establishments. We hit Herbex. Okay. We hit the, 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 the whatever they changed the name of the Metropolitan out in the right field. And we hit uh, the, the, the tavern up underneath Minnie and Paul. We had a lot of spots and, and he was on an expense account. Okay. So we wow. got, we got, we got lit. I ain't going to lie. We got <laughs> lit and we were not driving back. We were on a party bus for That's his good. work. Okay. Good. And, and I, and I let it fly. I let a few words fly. Uh, he let a few words fly. This was not the game they won. This is the game they got shelled. And this Barino, Brimrose, whatever his name is, the pitcher, yeah, got rocked. Yeah, Brimrose. Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. That's John Brimrose. He got rocked, and we let him have it. We let him have it. We let Rocco have it. We let them all have it with some choice words. And, and, and all of us, every single one of us, got these slips that you talk about. Every single one of us. And the guy came over, and he goes, look, guys, I, I don't have a problem with it, but the families in the area don't like the words you're using. And it was a s- several different pairings of words that we, we like to go with. It ain't just the F or the S or the A or the D. It's the CS kind of combo platter is what one of my favorites to go to is. Or like uh, sometimes if a, if, a, if, a, if a defense is like a real sieve, and that's the thing, at the Vikes games, I can say whatever I want. I can let it fly, and no one says anything. You got the Gallahorn going. You got the noise rocking. You think someone's going to tell me at a Vikes game that I can't cuss? B.S. I'm going to let it. Jeez. <laughs> Randy? Did we just have to dump Randy? <laughs> Did Randy yes. just violate the Mackie and Jug yeah. with Robbie code of conduct? Yeah, yes. He, dr- he 
What the hell? the FCC code of conduct. Crossed the line. Wow. You know what, though? Randy knows better. Randy, very reflective of Metrodome Viking family. <laughs> That's what I saw. Well, I mean, like if you're, if you're comboing the words together, I think that does violate the code of conduct. Okay. Does it? Oh, it's so if you're like leaning over the fence, berating a player. Okay, that's the picture one thing. again. I don't even know some of the words he was talking about with the letters he was using. Oh, I figured them out. Which ones were you unclear about? Let's not even go down that road. CS. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a gratifi- gratifying word to use. Okay, because you can it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I think I know. Actually, oh, Pat, Patrick Royce has a saying oh, about that. Yeah, okay. exactly. I yeah, don't yeah, think we should go. One. Yeah, should I don't, go there. No, okay, no. okay right. let's take the call. You only have to. All right, uh, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. I'm sorry, I'm still cracking up over here. <laughs> Combo platter. I think Randy's in my fantasy football league. To be honest with you, I think um, I think Randy might be in all of our fantasy football leagues. <laughs> so, okay, on, on the subject of misplaced priorities for security, I'm going to share something with you and. and you might want to shut me down, but I know it to be true. There is a problem at Target Field with theft. I know three people who've had their purses snatched, um, two of them in Herbex and one in the pub up on the corner by the third baseline. Um, apparently, there's some people who buy cheap tickets, and they look for vulnerable people. Yeah, and, you know, pickpocketing is nothing new. But this is Minnesota nice. This isn't the Yankee Stadium. So I would suggest maybe uh, security has higher priorities based on what I know about what's going on there. Thanks for the call there, Mike. Interesting. Guess yeah, I just, I'm so fat. Did you pull up that story? Yeah. Uh, I didn't pull up the story, but I found uh, what Don Mitchell at uh, Fox 9, she tweeted out the code of conduct that a friend of hers got. It's a lengthy one-page, and I'm actually surprised that you guys didn't get this. It's a one-page, bullet-pointed, all the things you shouldn't do, including... Obscene or indecent clothing will not detract from the guest experience. So, like, I guess if you go in short shorts or I mean, what's obs- not enough covering something? That feels very subjective. It really does. Like any security guard could just walk up to anybody and be like, "It says, eh, it says, I can't wear my Daisy Dukes in there." It looks like you can't. I mean, Stefan Diggs isn't attending. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> Stefan Diggs wouldn't be allowed in. I guess, huh? It Sorry, says. Buddy. Guests will enjoy the baseball experience free from foul or abusive language wow. or obscene gestures. Use of such gestures, regardless of target or intent, will be met with intervention by appropriate security or law enforcement <laughs> so personnel. It's a thing. Wow. It is a real thing. But here's my problem. God bless ushers. And, like, I get it. It's not a great job. And But, you know, you give them too much control. And sometimes it just turns into a complete gong show. Okay. I was offended by Kyle Gibson's last walk. Where was security ushering him off the field? Why don't you, why don't you <laughs> give, give him the, the give him the last move against him off the damn field? For God's sake, six walks you yeah. will be forcibly removed from the target field yeah. pitching mound. Yeah. You, you know what offends me when the Twins mount a comeback? They're one run away. The stadium's rocking, and Trevor and May here comes the Trevor first May. pitch gives up a seven hundred foot home run to right field. Prospect hoarding. <laughs> When the guys in the offices at Target Field hoard the prospects, you know what I say? Why'd you do that? You want them to escort out Falvey and Levine? Guys, it's time to go. (laughs) Why? Because it was complained about that Alex Kirloff is still in the minor leagues and you don't have a pitcher. Amazing. Oh, man. Well, Rami, uh, are you going to lose sleep over that code of conduct? Probably not. Because I got not only not only a, a my a premium my pillow, I don't have a my pillow body pillow. You guys, that's right, a my pillow body pillow. Wow, tell me more. It's one of seven products that you can get a great deal on because my pillow wants to thank you for making them so successful. So they have several offers. That's right, I said offers with an S for you, including the my pillow body pillow. Right now, go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special tab on the top right hand corner. You'll be directed to a page where you can save huge on seven of my pillows products just by using. Using the promo code North, including that my pillow body pillow I just told you about. Normally, almost eighty six dollars. Now, just twenty nine ninety nine. And 
of course, you can still get a two-pack of MyPillow premiums like I've been telling you about for a while for the all-time low price of $69.98, just $34.99 per pillow. Huge savings on seven of MyPillow's most popular products, including the original premium MyPillow and the MyPillow body pillow. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter the promo code NORTH and check out all the great offers. Pick out what you want. That promo code again, NORTH. Save big now on your favorites. From MyPillow, call 800-620-4439 or go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio special tab and enter the promo code NORTH. And then when you're done with Rami's MyPillow, why don't you drive on over to Luther Brookdale Toyota, which is the car dealership and service department my family and I have been going to for 30 plus years. Trusted, smart people, caring people that will go above and beyond the normal call of duty when it comes to customer service. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, where they've got some brand new 2019 RAV4s, four-wheel drive, for just $219 a month. That's $26.99 down. Uh, but you get, you get, you get into one of the best SUVs on the planet right now. In fact, I believe it's the most popular SUV in terms of sales on the planet. And there's a reason why. I have a RAV4 XLE. It's been amazing from, uh, from just a technological standpoint with the safety features and the Apple CarPlay and the Entune system on that front screen inside your car. You also get spaciousness of an SUV and the handling of more like a Camry and a Corolla. Go test drive one over the weekend, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. 442 here over at Score North. Time for the Score North download. This download brought to you by MyPillow. It's the second time this season the Twins have had to place Nelson Cruz on the injured list. This time it's the 10-day injured list after he injured his wrist again. This time on a swing in the fourth inning of the Twins' 7-5 loss last night to Cleveland. Dan Hayes gave an update tweeting, Nelson Cruz said he has no pain. He was laughing. We'll see a specialist on Monday said he has some kind of tear, but was able to grab the bat today. That's a little bit concerning. What does it do for your concerns as the division lead shrinks here? Rami's prepared to jump off the bomb of us if easy. If, if it's a long-term injury. If it's a long-term injury for Cruz and Buxton. He's, the, captain's, the captain's already ready to abandon ship. I'm not so. abandoning. I'm just getting sounds, the brakes fixed. Sounds oh, like man. you're abandoning ship to me. Let us know, Twins fans, over at Score North on Twitter. That's at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. And tonight, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill, Vikings Vent Line. First ever for a preseason game. Yeah. Because we've been doing the show for how long now? Five years between us? Five or six years between us. Yeah. Well, you and I did it. Did we? No, is I guess I started, our first year doing the show, our daily show together, was the first year we did Ventline together. Because so. I started doing the Ventline show with Dubay, right? For was it a yes. year or two, or a year, and then you came in. Okay. And then you and Mike Morris took it for yeah. two years. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I think, year six. Um, and tonight it's Teddy Bridgewater against the Minnesota Vikings, which is it's been it's been four years since Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback for the Vikings. Three years ago, let me think here. Yeah, 2016 was when he had the uh, the leg injury. And now he's sort of primed to be Drew Brees' heir apparent. And I just want to, I just want to throw one thing out here quick, and I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to turn this into like rehashing the past and stuff, but Roycey on yesterday's show, he ended the rap with Roycey segment by just going on a mini rant. Like he got the the buzzer of our clock basically like we had to take a break otherwise he might have ranted for 10 more minutes about Teddy Bridgewater he's mediocre what don't you understand look at his numbers i strongly believe and 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 we'll have to see if he gets his shot as a starter that if he gets another chance on a regular basis to be a team's franchise quarterback. Not like, oh, he's going to start for a little while and he's kind of coming in and he's like the backup who starts for a while, like the Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if someone says, you are the starting quarterback and we will create an offense that caters to you, I think you'll find that he is anything but mediocre and he will be a top 10 quarterback. That, that would be a write-that-down prediction if I could quantify it in some way. But like, I think he is a, not like the third best quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's firmly in the can you give me a comp? Matt Ryan-ish level of like no. 8th through 11th in the NFL no. if he were given the keys. And we can debate a hypothetical, but that's I how I feel. I don't think I don't think there's a a a dimension where Teddy Bridgewater is ever better than Kirk Cousins. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Collar collar just turned his car around. (laughs) He is pressing the gas to the floor. I'm sorry. I'm with Royce. Hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. Okay, Ryan. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I'm with, I don't see what people saw in Teddy Bridgewater. He's right. Royce is right. Numbers don't lie. They which don't tell you, they don't tell you the whole story, but numbers don't lie. Which numbers are you referring to? Give me his numbers. Find me the year where Teddy Bridgewater looked like a franchise quarterback, where he looked I'll, like a top 10 quarterback, where he, he put up better numbers than Kirk Cousins. I'll give you numbers that matter more than the fantasy numbers that were that most people reference. Like his, I think what people reference are how many touchdowns did he throw? Okay, well, Kirk Cousins threw twenty nine touchdowns last year. If you, if you were, in fact, if you were to rank quarterbacks based on yardage the last few years, Kirk Cousins would be like one of the four or five best quarterbacks in the NFL. So, you, so that tells me, well, yardage isn't a great measurement for if you're great. Teddy Bridgewater, let me give you this one, okay? Teddy Bridgewater, there's a there's a section of ProFootballReference.com where they literally sort a, a quarterback's passer rating by down and distance and like sections of each down. So you've got second and short, second and medium, second and long, third and short, third and medium, third and long. His best passer ratings, Teddy Bridgewater, not only come on first and first and ten, which is he just lights it up on first and ten. His best passer ratings are on third and five and third and long. Third and blank is when Teddy Bridgewater shines the most. So when you when it's when it's in his hands and it's a passing offense and here we go and it's not Adrian Peterson back there and they're running formations for Adrian when Adrian was off the field and it was Teddy Bridgewater the passer this dude lit it up for a one ten passer rating on third and blank in his career as a Viking like I look at that and say all right let's let's try that but without Adrian Peterson and see what that offense looks like he was also a lot better in primetime situations and later in games than he was earlier in games too. Kirk Cousins is the opposite. Kirk well, Cousins be good nuts. early in games, and it won't matter as much late in games. But early in games, it was feed the ball to Peterson. We never got to Which see Teddy Bridgewater. because Teddy Bridgewater wasn't a guy who could carry an offense, and Adrian Peterson was a once-in-a-lifetime running back. Yeah, not, not by then, though. He, it, it was dumb. That was dumb. Like, I get what you're saying. He's more effective tw- than Teddy Bridgewater. 2012-ish, you're, you're right. But their, their schematics going into, Phil, was that 2015? Yes. Against it was dumb. It, but but you know what? Okay. So here's what I love though. This discussion to me and the passion that like Patrick or Collar or Phil feels. I'm going to tie this to a story in my life that goes back to little Judd. Second grade. Oh, boy. <laughs> in second grade, St. Therese Deep Haven. I, I need do we have mu- I, do I we need... have music for a trip down memory lane? Anything? I at least need a white claw for this. By the way, the poll results are final. Second grade. Little Judd. The first love. Of his life, Christy Pete, never forget her. You're in second grade. You are just head over heels, and of course you're a little kid, so there's nothing there. You're just in love for the first time, and you go home and listen to music and think about her, and you're in, in and and it's and then in third grade, her dad is like a pilot or something like that. You're already opining over girls like and, that in the second grade. Oh yeah, where you'd go home and listen to songs about them. Yes, exactly. What, really? what, like, what songs were you listening monkey to? Monkey songs, like the monkeys a lot. <laughs> so third grade, Christy Pete's Come on, family. Happy. No, that's the Partridge family, you oh. moron. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, anyway, third grade, her dad gets transferred, and they move. I'm almost 50. I still remember that name, right? That's Teddy, because you never know. It's unrequented quarterback love. Like, you saw him in 2015 be this sort of unfinished product, but there was something there, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't And he didn't get traded. He didn't get released. It wasn't some little unfortunate thing. The man's leg blew up. And to this day, we still don't know. Like, he could take over for Drew Brees, and his leg could blow up. We have no idea. But that's what makes the conversation about him, to me, so intriguing. And, and there's passion on both sides. He wasn't that good. He and he did not suck. But there's people who are like, he just wasn't that good. But then there's those like Collar who never saw him play except for one time when he was playing against the Bengals sure. in, in that game. But Collar knows how Zimmer felt about him. 
And so he's convinced, and statistically he was a successful QB. But is there anything like the athlete who literally just started to approach his potential and then had it yanked out? He was also, I believe, the most accurate intermediate passer in the NFL for those two years. When it came to, like, ball traveling 5 to 15 yards in the air, there was no more accurate quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. And but that's okay. what Kirk Cousins excels at. He does. Teddy Bridgewater, though, had intangibles that people loved, and Cousins solely lacks them, including a tweet he put out today of himself staring at, at his phone camera doing nothing. He was, and he's making different faces. He was, uh, you have to play it with the set. It's one of those sound up Twitter videos. But what's he, it's like the noise he's talking about. Anyway, he's talking about the noise in New Orleans. It's more weird cousins ish. It's, he's weird. I'm not saying he's weird. Okay, but Teddy wasn't. Teddy, like, guys love Teddy. He didn't talk about centers sweating profusely from the posterior. It's also tough after the first two years I of a guy. I can't believe that's the thing now. Even if you even if you cater everything to a to a young quarterback for two years, it's very rare that you get a Pat Mahomes that just goes bonkers right away. It's actually a lot easier to do that in in, in today's NFL than it was five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. It's just it's the further we go down this path of of pass friendly NFL, it just becomes easier. But but when when you're when you're catering things to a quarterback, it still might take three or four years for the lights to go on. And the Vikings actively tried to sabotage Teddy Bridgewater, and he was still damn good in situations and led them to an 11-5 and record and, let's face it, a win over Seattle in a playoff game that Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal with no time on the clock. I know this is simplifying things, but sometimes you just have to simplify things. If Teddy Bridgewater was as good as, as you and a lot of people think he is, somebody in the NFL would have recognized that by now. And done what you're talking about, which is center an offense around him. No, but, but he wouldn't be the backup to Drew Brees. And I know that Sean Payton talks up a big game about Teddy Bridgewater, and he's the, he's the successor. He said the same thing about the guy who was playing special teams for him that came from the Packers, Taysom Hill. He said the same thing about him a year and a half ago. Somebody asked him about the successor to Drew Brees, and he, he said, "I think he's in the building. His name is Taysom Hill." So you could you could put stock in Sean Payton's words talking about Teddy Bridgewater if you want, but if he was the guy that you think he is, he'd be somewhere right now. There is a a black hole of quarterback play in the NFL right now. Nathan Peterman has started football games in the last two years for multiple franchises. But nobody has seen what you guys have seen in Teddy Bridgewater. It's not that simple because because the because so he he shatters his leg in 2016. Which which made that year a wash. It's four and years ago. It's an inj- it's an injury that guys sometimes don't ever come back from. So he needed two years just to come back from it. And the last two years have basically been, all right. Well, what's the best situation for him to get in as a backup? No one's going to give a guy coming off that injury. It's it's less about do teams think he's qualified to play quarterback, and more about will he drop back and shatter his leg again? I really I legitimately think that it's more about injury risk than it is about. It Lack altered, of ability to lead an offense or a locker room. It altered his career forever. Like, he might come back and play great. He might not. But but the quarterback that we're talking about in the context of the guy that the Vikings drafted is gone. He's gone. It's just gone. Drew Brees, by the way, in his second year, he was with San Diego, was one of the worst quarterbacks of the NFL. Oh, yeah, he threw a ton of picks. Right? He was terrible. So, it is. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, it's fun to have the debate. We can sit here all day long, but ultimately... Un, until and unless he gets a shot, and even then, if he's not the same guy physically as he was in his first two years, I mean, I know six five one six four six eight two five five. Dave in South Carolina, what's up, Dave? What's going on, fellas? What's happening with you? Uh, not much. Just uh, can't help but think that his twins uh, coinciding and this dismal display is uh, with the Vikings starting. I, you know, I'm the most optimistic guy out there. I've called the show a few times. I thought maybe I was calling into the Stern show, listening to Jet's story a few minutes ago there. <laughs> But um, in all honesty, um, watching that game last night, um, you know, I just kind of felt like uh, Inner Sandman came to mind. Uh, I just could not could not get behind watching the games, getting a feel for it. Uh, you know, you had a feel when you're watching these games last week that that uh, everything we've talked about is is coming to fruition. And uh, you know, I think what's happened is that these guys have heard all the talk about the uh, middle release not being sufficient. And I think that they're pressing, and I think that they haven't been in these moments. I think y'all are right. 
Um, the leadership did not make good decisions. And I think that uh, you're starting to see the results of it, that guys that have never been able to pitch in big situations, in Gibson's case, other guys, um, they've been recycled. And I think that there's a lot to be said about bringing depth in. And, and as far as the Vikings go, um, I'll take a crack here around me on that. I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater uh, is just not completely healthy. If he was healthy, he'd be playing somewhere in the NFL right now, and maybe this is a season where maybe he has a chance or subsequent to show that. But uh, I just wanted to just call and say, look, it's not just you guys in Minnesota. I've been living it my whole life down here, and uh, I just hope to God someday it changes uh, because it seems like it's just continues on and on. But I appreciate it, guys. Dave, thank you for the call. Thanks for the call. What? That's what I thought he was going I was gonna, for. I thought I he was going to go with not you, just guys. Who <laughs> we live the claw, claw life in South I drink, Carolina. I just caught you. <laughs> By the way, Matthew Collar tweeted, is third down a dimension? Because I said, there's not a dimension where Teddy Bridgewater will be a better quarterback. <laughs> it's like a Twilight Zone. Third, the third down dimension if with the, Rod If Sterling. there is a dimension where every down is third down, Teddy Bridgewater would be a better quarterback yeah. than Kirk Cousins there. But it's, it's, that doesn't exist, though. It's a, it, but you it's need a, a quarterback for at least three, and sometimes four downs. Yeah, well, well, it, well if, if there's a dimension that exists for Teddy Bridgewater that doesn't include Adrian Peterson, we need to see it sometime before... Bridgewater is I love done that playing. you think that the Hall of Fame running back was making Teddy Bridgewater worse. He was. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater played his entire college career under pistol and shotgun. He comes to the Vikings as a first-round draft pick quarterback, having rarely played under center. And they say, yeah, we're going to need a little uh, power formation. You're going to have to do things that Adrian Peterson wants to do. Yeah. He's a Hall of Fame no. running back. You're damn right. That got the Vikings really far for 10 years, too. I think they won it a playoff game once got as far, if not farther, than Teddy Bridgewater would have if you handed him the keys to the offense. I wish we had, like... I, I, wish, I, can't, I, I, I can't even start here. I no, wish Teddy... I've done this too many times. I wish we could see him play as a starter right now so we could pay this argument off this year, but we're not... It's like I mean, we're you're going to see plenty of Teddy Bridgewater tonight. Damn right we are. Because you know who you put out there for the first preseason game? The guy who you don't really care about. <laughs> Now that com- says everything. Now Kyle is really going to fly in here and beat you up. Cut his microphone. <laughs> Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session are coming up next on Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL studios where uh, we're watching. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, it looks like they're showing the White Sox getting smoked by the A's. White Sox maybe going to lose uh, 95 games. Twins need to feast on some of these teams. But we constantly are watching sports on our 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs. In fact, tonight, because we got two of them in the studio, we're going to put the uh, Twins on one, Vikings on the other, and uh, rock some vent line calls later on tonight. TCL is taking the world by storm with picture quality, with price, with sound, with the TCL Alto sound bar, which you can connect to any TV. You should connect it to a TCL TV for the best experience. And also uh, Bluetooth connect to any mobile device. Find out why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand by stopping into any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities and just do a little comparison shopping. Compare a TCL TV to any other TV on the rack wall, and you'll see why TCL is the best in multiple categories. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand, TCLUSA.com.